Saturday night, baby. The Leafs losing overtime again. Um, yeah. This one, this is a weird one. There's just so many different things. What do you think the story of the game is tonight, Sammy? <sighs> I don't know. You go I don't positive, know. you go negative. I don't know. I, I agree that I don't know what the story of the game is tonight. I guess it's probably the obvious one is Marner getting the record point streak for the Leafs. Another dominant performance from him on the positive side of things. Think of the negative side of things. Probably their complete inability to break the puck out for the entire night was probably one thing. Uh, weird officiating. Tight calls, missed calls. Really weird on both ends. Kind of reminds me of a first round series last year where the Leafs this were. Was like, uh, this was you like know, junior hockey refs. Like, it was this really was bad. Really bad. Wild one. Easily mm-hmm. the worst refing performance that we've seen all season long. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, I think maybe, you know, you got to talk about what happened in overtime there. Turnover by Matthews. Incredibly lackadaisical performance from 34 and OT as usual. And then I don't even I didn't even really see what happened. I just saw a wrist shot from the boards and then I saw the goal light go off and I just turned off the TV and came and did this. So I don't really need to break that one down a whole lot, but not pretty. I got to tell you, I think that Austin Matthews is trying to make the case for greatest regular like regular season regular time versus worst <laughs> overtime player that's ever lived it's incredible what these it's guys are doing man i don't I, know why it's I would just, like this i i swear to god man they got that they tie that game up and they do the thing where they go oh we, we got our point we got we got a point fellas it's almost like they think like a fan in a loser mentality kind of way where you go, hey, you probably didn't deserve that one. Hey, we get the point. Now we're kind of going to go into this mode. It's just fascinating to me that these guys are still doing this in overtime when it's been such a bugaboo. Like, I kind of expect them to be tight there. And I don't know if it's it's like they know this isn't going to be part of the postseason, so they just don't care about it as much, that that's not as desperate as... I, I just can't for the life of me figure out how they're this sloppy still in OT. I love CC Chris Cuthbert's like, and they've actually practiced it now. And then yeah. bonk in the net immediately. <laughs> yeah. Bonk, yeah. bullhorn. <laughs> yeah. They did practice it. I forgot about I that. After the last uh, loss, they were like, I just thought that was great comedy. I'm definitely clipping that for Kipper and Board on Monday. It was so good. Uh, what you, anyways, man, I just, I got to look it up. Because I don't have their record just in front of me. One and six. How many overtime losses? One and six now. They won one game in overtime. It was new. Nick Robertson scored in his debut of this season. Yeah. And they've lost six straight in overtime since then. It's uh, it's a problem. It's a problem. Uh, I don't know what the theory is. They have some of the best players in the league. There's all this open ice. There's no other explanation other than full yips. Like, they just have the full yips. They're inside their own head. They know what the record is going into overtime. And they just are bad at it. And they started Matthews and Marner, who always are bad together in overtime, and you got the anticipated result. So I, it's pretty, it, it's bad. So they've obviously played now a bunch more games than the Bruins, but if you just look at where they would be, like, they're there. Mm-hmm. They're they're right there with Boston mm-hmm. if they can just convert in overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, they convert on half of them. They're tied mm-hmm. right now with Boston with games in hand, but even still, just convert a couple of times no one's needing you to be the greatest team on earth in overtime i'm guessing that it's just it's i would view it honestly as a leaf should win those things basically 70 30 with the skill that they have mm-hmm. i agree it's like it should be 30. it should be more than a coin flip when you have those four guys on your team i agree 
like maybe 60 40 at least 50 50 50 50 is if that was the case i actually think in most years if they were just doing it 50 50 and we'd be about that leafs nation we'd be about that 100 going what what's going on here they'd be doing the tim robinson what's going on here you know like they'd be doing that move I, I don't get it, man. I really don't. Anyway, I'll go to a positive because, yeah, I really don't know what else to say about the refs. That was horrific. I know people think that there was there's a conspiracy against the Listen, Leafs. It was bad no both sense. ways. It was horrific both ways. But, um, but we have I to point that, Honestly, you have to point out. Sorry to cut you off. But the missed call on John Tavares in the last two minutes of that game where he goes into okay. Oshawa General's Johnny Tavares mode, goes end to end. And, like, listen. I mean, I, I'm going to let the guys play in the last minute of a game. I understand, or the last couple minutes of a game. I understand not being too ticky tacky. But when the puck, when the puck, when the puck is on his stick and he's a, at the hash marks, and Hedman, he looks like a guy at a bar when he's seen his buddy for the first time from behind. Like, hey, buddy, how are you? Like, he's got his arms around him. That is the most obvious penalty. And the reason he kicked it in is because he was hauled down from behind. Like that was the motion because he was hauled down from behind. It was obviously a kick. It can't count. But that one to me, it's like, what are you looking at? It's obvious. So, okay. Can I, I'll just say one thing about it. Just a little devil's advocate. It was correct. That was definitely the right call. But there was a small part of me that went the play where Matt Murray got wiped out earlier in the game where we thought he was originally hurt on, not the one where Stamkos goes across the crease and clips him in the head. A little bit mm-hmm. like a Reimer flashback, by the way, on that one. Stamkos? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Tavares himself grabbed Sorelli and sort of drove him into the net on that first play. And I thought, how was that not a penalty? The way that they were calling the game at that time was super ticky-tack. They didn't call that one. And I did think a little with the Tavares, well, that feels like those two things balance each other out. But no, I just wish they would call the game the, the way the game is meant to be called. And I had a feeling of, as if Leaf fans got rid of Chara, all the nightmares of having big old Chara do his big old dirty things. And obviously, Hedman is just like an infinitely better skater, can actually move his feet. So I don't want to push this comparison too far. But as Hedman ages, the idea that he is going to start to get those clutching, grabbing calls because of reputation and size reputation scares the shit out of me. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I... The, living through Chara get away with penalty after penalty after penalty in the postseason was one of the worst things that I experienced in the last, I don't know, bunch of years as a Leaf fan. I don't want to get too hyperbolic with it, but it was awful. You know what I'm talking about. And that moment did make me think, oh, my God, Hedman's just going to inherit this crown and he's going to do this for the rest of his and, career. And talking about Leaf fan ghosts, it was quite a remarkable parallel. If you'll think back to the last time they played in that building where they went into the third period with a one goal lead. A ticky tack call right off the penalty, right off the off the face off, where Marner hits the puck, kind of hits the stick, guys goes down, immediate call, they tie the game. Another one where you know another ticky tack call where Lilligren's playing defense on him, they go both go into the boards hard, they go ahead. It's like oh my god, this is legitimately the twilight zone. And then to further it, Kerfoot takes a penalty. The furthest possible away from his own net. Again, trips like, the guy and then exact- skates over. It skates over the ref. It gets in his face. It's like, what are you talking about, man? That is a desperate man. He's just like, I just, I can't take this penalty. I can't. Anyways, there's a lot of parallels there from Game there Six were, of last year. There were a lot. What are you supposed to do about Alex Kerfoot right now? I got to sit him down. You got to sit him down. They're like, listen, I. 
I don't think I think I talked about this with Luke Fox last Saturday and how he's kind of core adjacent and all the guys like him. And, you know, he's one of the guys that they look to and he kills penalties and he makes more money than the bottom. All these things that have gone into it, that all that stuff has to go out the window now. No, like Dude, he's, he's been, just he's been like quite bad. And he was he hurt the team bad in that game. It wasn't like he, the turnover to Sorelli that almost went in the back of the net, the trip as far away from your own net as you possibly can. Like, I don't know how you don't watch him play and say there needs to be some accountability. Like what can Dennis Malgan can do what he's doing? Like, just give him a night off. Let him see it from up top. Like it's been really bad. And I, he has to have some accountability, man. You know what? Like, I don't, I feel I can't like go I, that far. I can't go that far just because the options right now. Right. I, I don't think that Dennis Malgan helps you win more than Kerfoot does night in, night out. There are little things like I, I do think his contributions to the penalty kill are worth more than what Malgan's going to provide for you on the fourth line. You can just get more minutes from him. If you're protecting a lead, you can still play Kerfoot. So I'm not going as far as to say sit him down, but it is kind of getting to the point where this is this is what's good about a winning streak is it covers over any of the stink you have, right? And right now, sorry, but he's been the stink that they've been covering over. Mm-hmm. Alex Kerfoot has absolutely been that. We're what now, 26 games in? This is the 26th game of the season. He's still sitting on one goal. He makes almost four million bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're. A, <laughs> he's not a center, which is what he got paid to be. They didn't expose him, or they did expose him, but nobody was going to take him in that crack and drive. It just, I hate bringing up all the things with him, but man, they just they need more from him, and he is just not giving them any kind of lift. And you're right, it's it's beyond just. Hey, in the bottom six right now, you're allowed to just play flat hockey, right? What what did the bottom six do tonight? Really? Who who popped in the bottom six? Give me your best David, player in the well, bottom six. David Camp, Camp. sent up Marner on the right. on the panel, and that was on the penalty kill. So it wasn't even that was on the penalty kill. Yeah. Outside of that, outside mm-hmm. of that moment, mm-hmm. what was your most memorable moment tonight from the bottom six that was a positive? Um, I think Wayne Simmons hit somebody once that I remember, but outside yeah, of that, eight. not a whole lot. He also sent that pick play and then to just Oh yeah, another any, parallel of the last year's yeah, playoffs. Oh play. my god. <laughs> Anyways. My point is is that on this team right now, the way that the top four guys are going with the offense, all you need to do is be responsible and not screw the team over. And right now that's just it it feels like Kerfoot is trying to do a little too much and that he's pressing in moments, especially in the offensive zone. And that's and that's when it's hurting the Leafs. Yeah. I just the thing that kills me with him is, and we, you know, both of us have, have our issues with Kyle Dubas and the way he builds teams and all this different stuff. But to his credit, he's found value in these guys. Like you think of what he's gotten out of Giordano so far this year. You think of what he's gotten out of David Camp for the last couple of years. Even Michael Bunting, who is neither of our favorite player, but you think about the value he's got out of those guys. But Bunting's good. He's not my favorite for sure. player for no, the I agree. Reasons, other I reasons. Agree. Completely agree. So you think of all these valuable guys that you're getting value from who make nothing. And then you look at outside of the core with the forwards, he makes the most Tavares. I'm oh, sorry. I mean, outside of Kerfoot uh, makes the most of those guys. Right. So yeah. you look at that and you say, well, crap, like we're getting all these contributions and then our number one forward making money outside of the core four has one goal and is a net negative. Most evenings on the ice. It's a really tough spot for the, for what they do with them. And to me, I like, still think I'm, one of the biggest screw ups of the off season. And if so, there's two, right? And mm-hmm. they both basically involve the same guy because they're basically the same guy. One guy was signed as the replacement to Kerfoot in Cali Yarncroft, mm-hmm. who 
has got four years on his deal, and yeah, uh, they went, oh, he looked a lot better playing with Tavares and Marner. I went, he sure better. Wow. I mean, buddy, <laughs> I'm, sure popping in, I'm popping in five a year on that line this year. Like, I got wasn't doing anything before then. And then the other guy, Alex Kerfoot, who has played the majority of his minutes this year in the top six, also sitting on one goal this year. I, I really do think that one of the big mistakes of the offseason was not trying to sell Kerfoot high. Not figuring out a way to move off of that money and repurpose it throughout the rest of their lineup in some other way. They'll probably be okay because the team is really good and they found balance in other areas and they found depth again on some of those other guys on on cheaper deals. But either way, Kerfoot has been bad. The opposite of that, got to go to the positive. To me, Marner still is the story of the game, man. Um, like, I can't even... This is a weird game. I can't take too much out of it because I really did feel as though, and you and I both agree on this point, this was the first time you really felt the Leafs injuries on the blue line during their oh, yeah. winning streak. Oh, where yeah. it, it was just clear they had some guys back there that were not ready to be facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. When Tampa was getting in on their cycle and the wrong guys were on the ice, you felt bad. And even when the right guys were on the ice, you could tell that they were wearing a big chunk of the game and that it was starting to take its toll, especially later on in it. But Marner, dude, this is how good he is. He looks bigger. <laughs> he looks faster. He looks, he's just dominant out there right now. He genuinely, I've never seen him play with this level of combined confidence and joy. And it's to the degree where you can just see it's bleeding into the other guys. When he's scoring, when he's making plays, look at the way that guys are, are you know, grabbing him when he makes them, when he scores those two goals tonight. He right now, this is what I was saying to Bourne. He's the identity player on the team right now. He's the 100%. guy that is leading by example. He's the guy that's playing better than anybody else. He's seeing in like different dimensions the way that it is. Like some of the passes he made early on in this game, the first eight minutes were a total Tampa Bay cave-in. They came out, Stamkos, 1,000 points, dominated the early parts of the game, got an early power play, and then what happens? Marner steps out on the ice, and he starts just feeding guys into perfect areas to the point where you're going, somebody please finish one of these. Just the vision, the speed, the confidence, the turnovers, the forecheck, the shooting the puck more and being patient with his shooting like on the last goal. I'm I'm just incredibly impressed, man. I, I have no I can't even speak about how enjoyable it is to watch this guy right now. He loves low blocker, right? He's loved low blocker since he's rookie yep. year. Every, he scored yeah, he scored that. his first he scored his first career goal, low blocker. I think it was against Tuka Rass. He loves snapping at low blocker, and it's a great place to shoot. It's one of the hardest yep. saves to make. But the thing you were mentioning the defense not being able to break the puck out tonight. He was a big reason the puck was getting out of their zone. Like, if you, if you think about, I'd love to see, like in soccer, they have these heat maps from like where the, the middle, like, you know, like a box-to-box midfielder that they call it that covers yeah. the whole field or whatever. Oh, dude, that's him. He's been there, Tejan Buchanan, where it's like uh, he's getting that. Uh, more, of, more, of a, more of a Luka Modric, I would probably go with. More of a, okay, you know, so you're going to go with. A, I, sorry. I tried to give a shout out to our Canadian boy, the only guy that played well, other than da- and uh, Davies, and he just tried to trash him. Hey, that's okay, that's all right. Luka Modric, a, you're you're a Croatian guy, more of a Leo Messi type, I would say. Yeah. Um, but he's just like the way he's covering from below the circle and bringing it all the way down to the other end of the ice, and then having sustained pressure in the offensive zone it's absolutely remarkable he was a human breakout tonight it's 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 mind-blowing how much he was contributing i like we're talking about the defense they were like i I sent you the text and this is the first game i really missed morgan riley which i mean was this their first loss since they had since they lost morgan riley 
So maybe that maybe that makes sense. But because uh, they lost him against the Islanders, right? And then they won five in a row. So uh, yeah, this is their first loss since they've had Morgan uh, Morgan Riley out of the lineup. And to me, they just missed his ability to lug the puck up tonight. Like they just. All their guys were stuck in mud. I think Sandine was a little bit better. Maybe he was the one that stuck out to me the most. I, I liked Sandine tonight, yeah. honestly. And, if but we it, were doing individual grades, I would say Sandine was their best defenseman tonight. So it just seemed like it just seemed to me that they were flipping the puck out to center. How many times did Geo do that? You know, hallelujah, flip to center ice. They I, they must have iced the puck 15 times tonight. They just had such a hard time breaking it out. And I think that was probably Cooper's game plan. He told them, listen. You guys are big and heavy. Get down there in the offensive zone. Lean on these guys. Lean on them. Make them make quick decisions. And it worked to a charm. The Leafs still found, works, man. but the Leafs still found a way to get a point credit to them with this decor in that in that building with some sketchy refing. So I'll give them credit to that. But man, they 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 got that point because they were awesome in the second period. For sure, Leafs just came out and were Golden State Warriors third quarter in the second. They dominated that one. I thought that they they just completely turned it up to a different level. And again, the special teams for them was awesome. They get a shorty, they get a power play goal. It was good. Um, another negative tonight. It's the first time Matt Mur- Murray's played poorly, in my opinion, since his very first game of the season. Um, oh and it wasn't like an egregiously ba- bad game. What? No, I just, I just you just gave me memories of that first game of the season. Oh my god, he was so bad yeah. in that game. He was really bad. But so. I don't, I don't want to be overly critical here because he's been great. And he actually made some really good saves in that game, too. There was one in particular with the pad in the late in the second period that he made, like a little kick save. And I went, man, you look good. You're still making like athletic plays, good reads. I, I texted this to you, but it felt like to me he was just having a tough time seeing the puck tonight. For whatever reason, he just wasn't tracking as well. He was deep in his net a lot. He kind of got beat a little bit like traditional Matt Murray. Obviously, the overtime goal was bad. It was Shalgren level in the that, uh, what game, Pittsburgh game. Like That goes up amongst the worst goals of the year so far. Uh, I didn't see the replay, though. I will say that that's the one bad thing is he let it in, and I just immediately came and set up the show Same. to do this. I think um, it, so I it went see... through him from the boards. Yeah. That's yeah. all <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I, I literally went, do you know what I said? I said, P-U, and I walked away. <laughs> I said, P-U. I just, I just thought he was fighting a man, and there were a couple yeah. moments, too, where he got bailed out. Like, the one goal that came back, there were a couple of posts. You're a big guy when it comes to posts, uh, you know, or a, a guy gets of, beat clean. Two hit his, the knob of his stick, too. So yeah. I, I would agree, wasn't his sharpest night, but yeah. I, I think that he's earned enough here that he could probably start the next game, right? Like you're not going to be like, oh, it's Samson off time now. Game, Monday? It's Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday against oh, yeah. Dallas. He's def- no, he's definitely starting the next game Tuesday night. Yeah. You want him to get right and you want to like show him the sign of confidence that For he sure. is the guy. I just, I- I'm going to do, I'm going to say this, even though I, this is against my promise of not trying to make things into bigger deals uh, than they are. There we go. Well, I like Sammy real- more. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not it. No, Murray's played better than Samsonov yeah. has played this season, yeah. no question at his size. Mm. No, it was just, and this is just a Vasilevsky problem in general, but I just thought about running into Tampa again and how there have been moments throughout Murray's stretch where I've gone, Leafs might have the best goalie in a series for once. They might actually have the guy who outplays the other guy because he's mm. had a couple of really good ones. And then you saw Vasilevsky tonight with some of the saves he made. And you go, if they end up in a series against these guys, it's just, it's that guy, one of the greatest goalies on the planet. He's potentially there waiting for you. It just, I, right. I felt a little disheartened thinking about it. He's just yeah. so good. Vasilevsky's so good. Thanks a lot, Gary, for this playoff format that we're yeah. just 
barreling towards another matchup with the same team that same two teams that they always play in the first round. Zero intrigue into the regular season for the Atlantic Division every single year. It's really, really enjoyable. I'm thrilled with this uh, format. Well, there is more this year because if the Bruins slip a little bit, like this is what sucks. When's that going to happen? Well, this is what stinks about these loser points. The Leafs have been so hot. They're right there. Had they just just won four of those games in overtime. They're right there with Boston. It's a real battle. You're looking at all those matchups as just absolutely massive. And that's where the Leafs have kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. That would be the message I'm trying to deliver from Sheldon Keefe is, guys, we need these points. This actually matters for us. Do you want to face Tampa? Do you want to grind it out with those guys in the first round? No, it'd be horrible. Is That would be trash. You want them to face Boston. <laughs> Certified trash. That yeah, would it's be gonna, trash. It's going to suck so bad because honestly, oh. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say either way. It's... It's November. It's December now, I guess. Well, those two teams are dead even in the playoffs. That's, that, it's, that's how it's going to be. It's going to come exactly down. like last year where it'll come 100%. down. Game seven, final bounces. Who gets a good call? Oh. Who has a kerfoot that goes down the ice and oh. decides to high stick the world's tallest fan? Why do we do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this kerfoot just... <laughs> what are you doing? It's so painful. You know what, though? Tonight... Tonight was also, if I'm going to do the bit of big picture stuff, because whatever, yeah. this is this is Tampa. I forgot yeah. to ask you how this is Tampa. This is the measuring stick game. I don't mm-hmm. feel bad about doing this one. Mm-hmm. Tampa has guys in their bottom six that do shit. And mm-hmm. Toronto tonight had guys in the bottom six that really, like, what did Engvall do tonight? You know, nothing as he, usual. He, there was one Marner play or Nylander play where Nylander made a like, good entry and kind of fed it to him. And then he sort of. Stuck his stick out a little bit, tried to guide it towards the net, and then he disappeared for the rest of the game, right? Wayne Simmons isn't supposed to be there. He's not going to be there, but this is just my case for, I still believe this team is just really needs to add a forward. At some point this year, there's going to have to be some of that muzzin cap space that doesn't go to the blue line. I love the idea of them using another guy. I had Elliot Friedman on my podcast mm-hmm. Thursday. He said that he thinks that there's number one priority still is getting a defenseman that has a little bit of grit to him. Uh, a little bit like a good defenseman, top tier defenseman, best available to them that plays with a little bit of, yeah, tenacity. Got a little I, bit of punch to him. Listen, I you look at that that fourth line that they're running out there, and it's just your vintage playoff fourth line, right? Perry, Belmar, Maroon. They're just the perfect. They made an impact tonight. Yeah, they did. They're the perfect Multiple fourth times. line. Like they, they're, you know, play those guys 10 minutes. They're all veterans. They're all responsible. They can score. They can hit. They can get in the goalie's face. They do everything you want a fourth line to do. And the Leafs are running out, whatever they're running out. Like, I don't even really, it's just, it's a mishmash in the bottom six. I actually didn't mind Simmons tonight. Like, I think he played okay. Like, I got, you know, he was getting in on the four check a little bit. He can carry the puck. It's, it's heartbreaking a little bit because you can see the, the old, like, the old Simmons in him where he's like, Oh, I, you know, I used to be able to make that play. Like I used to have that skill when he'd lug the puck up, but I don't think, I think he could play a playoff game. You know, I think he could play mm-hmm. a fourth. Yeah. Like one or two games in the playoffs. If you need him in there, you need a little heavy. I think he can give you a nine or 10 minutes in a playoff game. I'm not really scared about that, but they have the thing is he's not but, cre- like those, no, those guys on their fourth line. Again, they, they do things. They create. Sure. Sure. I, I actually think as, as much as I love Maroon and everybody likes Maroon, Belmar is just right. actually a stud. He's an awesome fourth liner. 
he does so many good things. There was this one like little cheeky play in the uh, in their own zone tonight where like he doesn't get inside the body and then he just kind of rips the puck away from the def- like from I can't remember which leaf it was. It might have been Camp that's just about to like get to a puck, takes it away, breaks it out the other way, and I went, man, you're just smart. You just make smart plays. Abby. And and that's what those guys do night in night out. They just make smart plays. It's weird to think the Leafs could have had two of those guys that they were like right on the precipice of having Barry. They were definitely going to be in on Maroon. Maroon's contract kind of made it tougher for the Leafs. They were never going to give him that one, so they get a pass. The Perry one will always bother me. Just yeah, of not, course. Yeah, he wanted to play me. for the Leafs. Um, I know. So, but the thing uh, is, with add, adding the forward, they're like, oh, we must protect the spot for Matthew Nyes. we got to make sure that we have a spot for Matthew Nyes. That too. They, they I said know. they want to make sure that there's a pathway for him. And I went, why can't the pathway be in the bottom six? I don't, I don't understand. Like, we're just... It's insane to me that if that's true, that is a massive, massive failure from everyone. Like, sure, he could be good. Like, I've heard everybody saying good things about him. I heard Futes on your show talking about how he, the best viewings he's seen. And like Sammy Cause was on our show the other day talking about him. Like, he's got a potential. But to throw him into your top six out of college in this year... Like you need to make a meaningful contribution for an NHL veteran in your bottom six and in your top six to me. Like yeah. the forward to me, forward core to me is can I, can way. I pitch it's a pro, it's a priority way over the decor. Like sure you can, can add some butch. Sure you can add some butcher on the bottom half of the of the D, of the decor. Fine, but like impact add to me it has to be forward. Okay. Obvious. I, so this is my ideal situation. The more I'm thinking mm. about it. Fine, Nice can be the left winger. Hmm. Add a third center. I like Holmberg, and he's good, but that's actually, to me, the missing piece with the team is, can you go get another third center who is just nasty and who can drive a little bit of play? The annoying thing is, is and I this, this, like, this is not going to happen, and I don't even think this is what they need, and, but everyone's always been locked in on Kane. Right? I know what you're going to say, Dave. I, I brought it up I was, on Friday. I, and I can't, I can't, you did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, and granted, I'm not watching Blackhawks every night, but I've seen a little bit of Blackhawks, and he looks fine in the moments that I've seen. He doesn't look mm-hmm. like he's totally washed up awful. I just, I wondered if there was a way where they would eat at, like, all of that salary, essentially, and he would want to come here and play. But he's a Western Canadian guy. He's I a Western Canadian. He probably hates the least. He probably doesn't want to do it. <laughs> he's, he's probably fine. So, He'd rather... You'd rather play in Chicago. Either way, something like that, a, a center with some punch down the lineup that could get some easier matchups. That They've always been talking about killer instinct, right? And to me, it's just that's where I think they could make the biggest impact is have a center so that some of their other guys can continue to play the wing and then maybe Matthew Nyes steps up there, play your left wing. You know Kerfoot can kind of play there in a pinch. I don't know, maybe Robertson works out. Robertson at least was looking for some shots tonight. You could tell when he was getting it, he was ripping it towards the net, but... He got one grade A opportunity again tonight. And I go, man, you got to score. You got to start burying these. You're you're not going to be graded on, wow, nice shot every once in a while, you know? Like, has to put one in. Yeah. So, uh, I love the Taze idea. I brought it up to yeah. Kipper, and he immediately was like, yeah, I like him in Colorado. Colorado is a spot for him. I was like, ugh, what do you know about that? I'm a little concerned about that. He was also saying Kane in, in Boston, which would be a nightmare. So, I, I love the idea of Tate. Kane of and Boston would be an absolute nightmare. Honestly, it, I couldn't even watch that series. <laughs> I have to shut it down. Just it's but, over. I'm not watching uh, that. But yeah, no, I like uh, I like the idea of Kane. And he doesn't even make that much. He's 10, right? So you get them to eat half of that. 
you include a couple of contracts to make it work. You give them a first round pick. You give them whatever they need to do to make it work. But they'll he wouldn't. I I wouldn't see him being the guy that would come here to play with these guys. I I. I, I don't know. I picture him. You're right. It's going to like Colorado or going somewhere else like that. Maybe he probably hates Leafs, Western Canadian. Yeah. If Winnipeg stays hot, how much would they love to bring him there? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. um, I love the idea of Johnny Taves on the Leafs, but probably a pipe. But trip. that's, but something along those lines doesn't have to be him, but going out and finding an absolute stud, go back to the model that you were supposed to win with in the first place, having three centers that could all be, like top six centers mm-hmm. that was the original formula try to figure out a way they should go get cadre if, if calgary uh, just didn't continue to stink god <laughs> yeah no it's so hard watching kerfoot go and be like so that was the guy you thought <sighs> could replace nazim cadre <laughs> this is who you thought could become him uh, at a similar at a decent price anyway um let me quickly check the notes oh, anything else you got right now yeah just quick one pre-game was so weird tonight that ceremony was so weird. He got all those gifts. He got, you see, he got a Scotty Cameron putter and then the yeah, anthem, yeah. the anthems are so wild. The anthems are bad. I actually <laughs> have something did, off that ceremony. Did you, see my, did you see my tweet that I sent out? Yeah. I said, how many, how many group texts included a text in the first 20 minutes of this ceremony? Drop the puck. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like Especially when. I was thinking. Do you know when it hit me was when they welcomed the viewers from the Montreal game and went, that game's <laughs> over. And I went, yeah. <laughs> So should this. <laughs> There's like 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah. It was yeah. a nice touch given his kids the silver sure. sticks. I okay. like that. Oh, gold stick. But, gold mini stick. Yeah. But, yeah. okay, I actually wrote this down from the pregame. So 58 points in 45 games against the Leafs. Stamco said into this one. Mm-hmm. What do you, did he have one tonight? I think he might have had, must have had one on the power play. I'll look it up. Keep Maybe, yeah. He's killed the Leafs. So, like, that's a bona fide leaf killer, right? That's over half a season of games and uh, 58 points. Like, a, a true blue bona fide leaf killer had an opportunity to come here, passed, went back to Tampa, has now beat the Leafs in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Stamkos hated more? Because I always thought that we were going to hate Stamkos, and nobody really seems to hate him here. Oh, I hate him. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hate him a little too, but I don't I, hate him listen, the way that I think I would hate normal guys. I don't know what it is. There's an undercurrent. It's not on the top, but like there's a certain air of Leaf fans that were really excited about that. And listen, like you think about how long ago that was now, right? Like we yeah. are getting, we're getting older. Like, yeah. there, you know, there's, there's a certain air of Leaf fans that don't have a lot of time for Steven Stamkos. And I, I do love that in the building tonight when they announced Markham, it was like the loudest cheer. Everyone cheered. They're like, yeah, Canada, Markham. All the yeah. Canadian people cheered for that. That was hilarious. But I just, I, I don't, you know, I think there's a lot of Leaf fans that really didn't respect his decision, right? Like you ducked the pressure of coming back to Toronto. You had the opportunity. They gave you the pitch. You were a free agent. And you went back to flip-flop land. You went back for your your no credit cup or whatever. I think he has really turned himself in now that he's got the two cups. Like, I really do think he's kind of entering that realm of, like, legend Canadian captain playing for one team, over a 1,000 points now. Like, he's into that realm, gone to yeah. three finals He's he's in that realm, but like I'll always hold it against him for not coming back here. Of course, I don't know. Yeah. I think you know I I don't plays in the Lightning that kind of own the lease now. Like I'm not a big fan. 
Seems well, like a great guy. Seems like a great guy, great ambassador for the game, but he's a rival that kind of lights the leaves up. Yeah. No, not kind of. Like I said, 58 and 45. He did have a point. He did have a point tonight. Yeah, okay. So then 59 and 46. Mm. Um I think that it's partially because everybody A likes a goal scorer and he's never been he's not like a cocky dick about a goal scorer. He's just, he seems to be loved by his teammates. He seems to be the biggest likable guy. And then when Tampa won that cup and he scored that goal in the bubble Amazing. and then had to come off and then was standing outside the dressing room and he just did the leadership move of that. It just, it's a soft, I think it's a soft spot for people. Hmm. He's just never had a, a bad quote about the Leafs. You know, he's just never had a bad dirty play. And he's hmm. never also scored a massive goal that was, just a uh, holy crap! This was a crushing the Leafs moment. So I, I don't think that the hate is where it kind of would be or where it should be from a market like Toronto. Where I'm sorry, but you know me, man. I've always said I I like it that Toronto's a market where people care and that you're supposed to care. And that's why I said if you don't want to play with the Leafs, I think that you should hit flip flop town and and bail. Listen. That if it is too big for you, that's fine. But you should also get the, the traction that comes with that too, right? It shouldn't just be always, oh, it's fine. Don't worry. Don't come here. No, there should be a little bit more animosity. From a fan base that turns on its team the way that Leaf fans do, you'd think that there'd be a little more, more heat to the guys who don't play here, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I, th- I think a lot of it has to do too with how Tampa is just kind of like a, you know, not a natural rival. They're yeah. kind of, they're an expansion team. No one really cares about Tampa. Like, like he went back to Boston. Oh my God. If he played for the Habs, if he played for, you know, any. No, but then he wouldn't have left those places and you wouldn't have even considered it. Right. So, or if he played for the, for Detroit or something, like, I feel like Tampa is such like a, who cares franchise, even though they won three cups in our lifetime, like rare, really recently. Well, you know what it is? Still, it's that, whatever. It's, it's that you're never going to run into anybody that's going to talk trash to you about their Tampa That's Bay Cups. Bingo. Could you imagine being at a bar and some guy wearing a lightning jersey beside you and he's like, oh, look at all these cups. And be like, okay, man, no, all those cups and no friends. Like, uh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, zero friends counted for you. No wedding ring either because you're just that guy. And we all know that fan, right? The yeah. dude in your group that cheers for the random weird team. I, and you're actually, like, oh, uh, our mutual friend, Sam Natale's brother, Adam, he's a diehard lightning fan. And I've yeah. always, I've always, every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, sick, sick fandom. Sweet, yeah. Sweet man. Yeah, no, yeah. I, Good for I, you, I don't buddy. I know what to say about that. Yeah. Cause yeah, there've always been, you're, there's always Red Wings fans. There's always fans of, you know, obviously Montreal, every Canadian team up here that those are the riskier ones, right? That's why nobody cheers again for any of those teams. You always root for the team that has no fans so that it never runs into you. It never comes mm-hmm. and haunts you in trash talk mm-hmm. and the lightning are kind of the perfect. Everybody likes them. Cause you just go there and say, you're harmless. You win all the cups you want. Actually, every year the Leafs are out, you go and win because it's better than a Boston yeah. Cup or a Vancouver Cup or you know what I mean? Like it's it's ah, it's better. We don't than have to worry about that one. <laughs> don't have to worry about Vancouver? that one. For a no, while. Oh, boy. No, we're out of the weeds I'm, there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's going to be out for a little while. That's not, uh, that's, we're not too worried about that. Anyway, that's it for me. I, I, I'm wrapped up on my notes. Like I said, yeah. I liked Sandine tonight. Uh, I thought the blue line looked small for the first time in a long time. Like depth contributors weren't really there. Leafs still, again though, I will give them credit for this because I know that people are going to be like, "Why are you so negative?" They just went. It's a great really hockey game. It was a really good hockey game, but also I think it really says something about the Leafs that even though they're down, they're th- like three of their top four defensemen. They're right there, and their goalie had 
his toughest night in weeks that they're right there with the Tampa Bay freaking lightning. hundred percent. Like and that, that's the ultimate takeaway here is that that's how good this team is right now. So yeah, ref show, random, Marner, amazing blue line, whatever. It just, that's where the Leafs are regardless. That's the ultimate message. And if you're Tampa Bay, you got to be feeling like we didn't have anybody out tonight. There was no big player missing. We got Sorelli back. Like, yeah. That's that's a half that that Leafs team is not the Leafs team we're going to see in the playoffs if we see them there. Last quick thing before we go, I I'm I don't want to be a uh, you know hyperbole machine here, but do you who do you remember playing this well as a Toronto Maple Leaf over a stretch of twenty games that Mitch Marner's been playing right now? Like, can Matthews you think back? Matthews is that the only one? Like, I I feel Matthews. like this this stretch has been better than even Matthews was last year. Like just all all three zones. I, I really no, can't. I can't remember. do that. Matthews won the heart last year. I, I'm sure. not gonna. I'm not gonna take Which that away. Which Marner from should like, be in the running for this year? No, yeah, Matt. But Matthews before Matthews before he started to really close in on sixty. Like Matthews, basically between you know twenty and fifty, twenty and forty five, even let's say that was just all time nasty. He was disgusting. So no, I'm given. Matthews won the heart that that's that goes next to what Mitch is doing, especially since that was a full season. Like realistically, the only thing with Matthews was that he was kind of gripping it a little too tight near the end and mm-hmm. it cooled off the goals. Then he got the suspension against Buffalo it was, it was like just a little bit of a weird close to the year. But no, he was man. I'm not taking anything away from Matthews last year. Outside of that. Um. I'm trying to think of the best. Well, I'm just trying to think about it's harder to think about the best Sundin season because he was just consistently really good. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't have a best Sundin season moment where I go, oh, man, that was the Matt's year. It was just Matt's was just always the, like good doing the same thing over and over and over again. Same pretty much the same level of really good player. But I don't ever remember a season where like he kicked it up a notch. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's a weird one for me. You know what I'm thinking of? We have it. Oh, and it's not like this, but I think about McCabe's season. What was that? Oh, 06? Oh, buddy. Oh, you're, you're preaching to McCabe? the choir. Just but blasting 06, at home. Well, it was just like one of those seasons where it was like one guy was clearly having his year. You know, like that's what I think about with that. But again, this is a completely different level what Mitch Marner's doing. Like completely yeah. different level. I think about Cujo. Honestly, that's the, the only guy that I could probably compare this to is like 02 Cujo. Mm, love that. And by the way, if uh, last thing quickly, if Luongo is in the hall, Cujo should be in the goddamn hall. So that's all. If you want to talk about Leafs who left, who I hate, Cujo. Yeah. Number but, one broke my heart but, guy in of all course, of pro sports. But, but if Luongo's in the out. hall, if Lu- wow. no, I won't go no. that far. I'm so bitter. Far. No, keep him out. No, I have no. Buddy, no my, comment. All-time, my all-time favorite Leaf. When I found out he left, I bawled. Yeah, keep him out. All he right. left. Yeah. Now, one of my happiest least moments is Jiguer beating that that Detroit Us team. Going for, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like yeah. that's that's how sad I am as a fan. Jiguer robbing that Detroit team and watching Cujo lose and being, man, I, I'm gonna like I want to swear so bad. I I could still feel that's 2003. That's mm-hmm. me just like good. I hope you lose <laughs> forever. Like I hope. I hope you rot out there. Yeah, no, I I never want to see him go in. I'll be too sour. I don't. I'll, and man, I've met Cujo a bunch of times, and I even embarrassingly called him Cujo to his face, like a fanboy. I know, so bad, man. 
I met him and I said, said, nice to meet you, Cujo. And I said it. And the second I said it, I was like, I wish a sniper. It's like, it's just gone. And I just sat there for the rest. He was hawking pistachios and I just sat there in pain for the next like 30 minutes. But I still, like I said, can't take away the memory. Favorite, maybe my favorite leaf of all time in some ways, but then also the most heartbreaking. And so, yeah, keep him out of the hall. He doesn't deserve to be there. He's turncoat. Toronto media. Don't ever vote him. Didn't think we'd go there tonight, but uh, yeah, great, well, chat, great, cha- great chat, great yeah. chat tonight, buddy. Great game. Yeah, yeah all right. Uh, this was Leafs chat or Leafs talk. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave five star review if you like it, and uh, as always, share it. Put it wherever. Leave a comment. Give us the thumbs up in the old YouTube, and then hammer away, commenters. I'm sure you got some hate for tonight. We'll see you later.